made the decision to try and leave, but someone showed up outside the doors. Maybe he was just a normal guy, but when we peeked out in the cracks of the cardboard, he was standing right there. Jaws hanging off, bones sticking out of the bottom of a completely apathetic face. Snarling. He was standing right next to that. And the infected? No chasing. No biting. Nothing. Like he was part of the scenery. Wait. Stand track, Sarah. Stand track. This is the first time that I've been able to transmit anything in months. I know we all hate time jumps. I know. And I keep getting farther away from Rapture, but... It's not like I'm moving forward. I'm just... I'm just somewhere else. We were at the pharmacy the last time that I transmitted. We were figuring out how to control her diabetes with all the stuff that the pharmacy had available. But we ran out of food. And then we ran out of water. We were at the pharmacy a long time ago. But when we ran out of everything, the decision came that we, we had to leave. So we were discussing the best route. Are we going directly to the gas station? Are we going to the grocery store? The grocery store was right next door. But, I mean, is it even safe to go outside? And Elena had this idea that she was going to throw a can. She opened up the front door, picked up a can, and was like, Look, it's totally fine. Just threw it. Tossed out this can, and it hit a telephone pole. And then she shut the door again. So we looked out between the cardboard frames that I had plastered up on the windows, and we waited. And nothing came. And we were like, well, I guess it's just a desolate wasteland of nothing, and nobody living there anymore in the suburb or wherever it was that we had stopped. So Elena grabbed her bag, and she said, I'm going to head out. When she turned around, grabbed her bag, and went to leave, all of a sudden we heard this bang. We heard this slam, 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 and a shaking outside the door. So I took a peek between the cardboard and saw 
he could have been a human if it turned to one side. But he was swinging his whole head back and forth, and as he swung his head, this huge slab of mang wagged and sucked, covering his teeth, flapping up. You could see that the teeth he had remaining, most of them were broken. I've never seen a curb stomp, but this huge, jagged tear from the cusp of the upper lip extended all the way past the cheekbone. This one eye was pale and glassy. He was hissing and frantically throwing his whole body at our door. The rest of his neck was splayed open on that side. Even if he was trying to speak words, his face was broken enough that there's no way he would have been able to... We stayed as quiet as we possibly could. But Laika was losing her mind. She's a dog. You can't... You can't just tell her to stop. Apart from Laika, there was this long quiet. Writers would call it an impregnated pause or something like that. Between the silence was our breathing, which for some reason was so much louder than it needed to be, but I just couldn't find a way to make my breathing less everywhere, you know? I felt like my breathing could have been heard a mile down the road. And that's all there was, just this shaking, scratching sounds outside the door, like a barking and breathing. So we waited. We were using these hand signals back and forth, crossing your hands on your neck. <sighs> this interspecies communication of some form, and, and it just wasn't working. Eventually, eventually everything was quiet, and it was just our breathing. And then after a while, even the breathing wasn't as loud. So it was just silence. And then there was this crunch. Sneakers on a man-made walkway of some form. Crunch. 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 Rhythmic. Closer to our door. Getting louder. This creature's breathing and growling, it didn't change at all. And then there was this almost polite 
rap on the door. On the pharmacy door. Just this little tap, tap, tap. And this kind of friendly male voice saying, Hey, anybody in there? And for some reason, that was so much more terrifying than the growling and the anger and the slamming and the nail scratching against the window pane. He stood there, knocking like a salesman or something. Hey, anybody there? He said. He blinked these eyes. Not bloodshot eyes or magical colored gold flecks or, or anything unnerving, just eyes. But somehow that made it worse. You guys mind if I come in? That's what he asked. And he rapped again in his polite little way on the door when we didn't answer. The knocking made the infected thing snarl and throw itself at the door all over again. Bang! And scrapes of nails. Elbows. Bone. On bone. Onto the wall. Onto the windows. It shuddered. It creaked. But the door didn't crack or give way. How? How is it that these two starkly contrasting things were standing just outside the door and not, not interacting with each other at all? Completely unfazed. Like, I don't know, like two strangers at a bus stop. Near each other, but in two totally different worlds. I wasn't about to open the door for someone like that. I've never seen that before. I've never seen the infected people... I've got to think of a better word for them. I'm sure there's some scientists working on a diagnosis and everything else for these people that I keep calling the infected. But until then, I'm going to call them... I'm going to call them the vids, like V-I-D-S, victims of infectious diseases, or victims of infectious disease syndrome. It's just easier than saying the infected, because that just makes me sound like, I don't know, like a B-rated movie from the 90s. I've never seen the vids standing next to normal people and not try to rip them apart. In the beginning, they would just leer at them. It's like their head was too heavy for them to hold up straight, so it's on this odd angle, and they'd use all of their side neck muscles to rubberneck towards anything living, unblinking at a normal person. But this guy? Just a regular person patiently waiting for someone to open the door. 
All anticipatory. Like someone trying to sell a vacuum cleaner. And we stood on the inside of that door with our backs to the windows. We used our whole bodies to hold the door closed because God help us if he tried to open it. I mean, the door has a little metal latch or a, a deadbolt, but the door was probably weakened by all of the scratching and... So we were like mice. So quiet. Except for Leica. Who went nuts again and just barked and barked and growled and whined and I stood there trying my best to breathe at a sound that was unperceivable to what the rest of the world could hear. The man did nothing but act like a normal person. After a time, he just shrugged, said something under his breath. You girls have a great day. And he sauntered away like it wasn't the end of total civilization outside. There was just something about this. I I couldn't get past. Why was the vid not attacking him? Why'd the vid not even register him? He just stood there, tapped on the door a couple of times, chuckled to himself. You girls have a great day. Whatever. He knew we were in there. He knew. And he just sauntered off. Like he didn't have a care in the world. He walked away. We couldn't stay after that. Elena and I, we made this plan. It wasn't much of a plan. Just pack everything you could fit in the car. Back and forth. Do that many times during whatever duration of time that we had when there was nothing living or otherwise evidently moving outside. Then, get in the car, drive to the gas station, hope there was gas. A day or two later, Elena went. She radioed me to tell me that the nozzle that's on on the hose part of the gas, that was gone. I don't know why someone would take the nozzle, but she tried to siphon some of the gas out. But she couldn't figure out how to siphon gas like they do in the movies. So we just settled on getting back in the car, and we just decided to drive until the tank ran dry. I can't prove that the pharmacy isn't safe. I just... I have a really bad feeling about it. We didn't really have enough gas to get anywhere. But Elena spotted a factory or some big building in the distance. Plumes of smoke coming from the big smokestack on the roof of that factory. So we figured there must be fuel there, maybe people there burning the fuel. So we drove in the general direction of the factory. Maybe they'll have cheese fries, Elena said. I mean, I would have settled for any fries. Or cheese, just on its own. Or 
or mud that had a cheesy aftertaste. I mean, I wasn't really picky at that point. So that's where we went next. <laughs> 